number one thing that he attacks is with deception and lies. Because Satan is a deceiver. So from the very first time that he entered the scene, he started off by deceiving Eve. We all know the story of Adam and Eve. He caused her to doubt what God had said to her. That's his first way. He'll cause us to doubt things. God spoke to us. Satan will attempt to deceive you into believing in him instead of what God says in his word. Are you believing lies instead of truth today about who God says you are? Are you stuck in a place of doubt? Recently, actually at the single summit that pastor was talking about, um, they were talking about your ministry. If you are single in the ministry that God gave you. And sometimes you question why you're in there because you don't have the help mate or the help that you need. And so you feel like you're doing it alone and it's a lot to carry. But he says, when God told you, you are someone the first time you listen the first time. So when the enemy comes in with doubt and causes you to start questioning who you are and what God has called you to do, you can just shut his mouth because God already told you once. I know growing up when my mom or my, well, really when daddy would say one time, that's all it took. When dad would say it one time, that's what it was. And you listened and you obeyed. Or you got correction to the seat or wherever else it landed, you know. So when God tells you who you are the first time, that's all you need to know. He done told you. So that removes, we're going to, I'm getting ahead of myself. Next one, condemnation. That's the second thing. So you cannot seem to escape the feeling of shame or condemnation over your past. The Lord says that you are a new creation in Christ and that all things are new. If you are having thoughts of condemnation and feeling like you are unloved by God, then you are under attack. Um, You would think after being in church for so long, even, I guess you would label seasoned saints, still feel that way. You still get that attack, especially if something devastating happened in your life. You start questioning, well, God, do you love me? Where are you? Um, and that's that's an open door. That's an open door. Um, I remember, I think I shared this before, I uh, was young, okay? So let me just put that out there. And I was driving home on the back roads of Marmaduke, way out in the country. And it was around Christmas, and I ran over this poor possum, Okay. I felt bad. I was. I used to be super sensitive about running over animals. So um, I stopped the car. I had to go back and check on this possum. So I went, I backed the car up. I got out of the car, shining my lights on it. He was still alive. It was so sad. Um, he was turned over on his back. Uh, he couldn't get turned over because the way I heard him. So I was like, okay, I'm going to help him. So I went to reach down to push this animal over. Sister Lulabelle, he started hissing and trying to bite me. And I'm thinking, look, dude, I'm trying to help you out. So I was like, okay, I have wrapping paper in the back seat of my car. I'm going to go and just shove him over and then run back to my car so he can get off the street um, and get better. So I went back to the car, pulled out this big tube of wrapping paper, started pushing on the animal. And you talk about trying to attack. He started attacking. I said, okay, fine. You can just, well, you don't want to know what I said to him, but. You can lay there and die. (laughs) 
But I was trying to help this animal. So the enemy knows when you are down on your back, he's going to come and to try attack you. He's, th- you're vulnerable. That's what he is. He's a coward. So when he sees you at a vulnerable state, you're a target. So when you're already starting to feel those feelings because of whatever situation you're facing, um, any discouragement or you're weary or you're exhausted or you're tired, anything like of those sorts, he's going to come in and try to start manipulating your mind and your thoughts and attack you. Okay, so the third biggest one is accusations. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. In the book of Job, it says that the enemy patrols the earth, watching and waiting to find someone to accuse. When someone accuses you of wrongdoing and you are innocent, it may cause you to doubt, fear, or cower. Those accusations can cause you mental defeat and lead to things like depression. Are you letting false accusations hinder your purpose? I know um, sometimes, I've done this before, and this is kind of embarrassing. I used to think, oh, I'm not going to talk to that person because they're mad at me, or I don't think that they like me because the way they are around me. And then when you finally say, okay, I'm going to go up and say hi or say this, and you know it's not even that, that person was having a bad day, Sister Renelle. But I thought it was towards me, and it had nothing to do with me. So I've had that before. I remember in school... And this is my favorite story to share. Um, there was this big old bully in school. And his name was Demetrius Shelley. So Demetrius owned the ball court, okay? And I wanted to play ball so bad. I loved basketball in school. So I was going to go play with the boys. And uh, went out there, and Demetrius didn't want the girl on the court. So he shoves me down and tells, tells me to get off the court. Well, Daddy, remember I talked about Daddy earlier? Daddy says, you never back down from a bully. If I find out you back down from a bully and you get home, I'm whipping you. So I was more scared of Daddy than I was Demetrius. So I got back up, went back to the court. This time, Demetrius punched me in the nose. Well, still, I'm scared of Daddy. So I get back up, and I already know it's going to be bad. I already know, Sister Renell. I was terrified. But you are to not show fear. And I was taught that too. Don't show fear. I don't care how scared you are. You just keep like you're not scared. So I get up and I try to punch him. That did not work out. Uh, Demetrius stopped. He didn't hit me anymore. He actually helped me up off the ground. And he said, because I stood up to him, me and Demetrius became best friends. So all through school, I didn't have a bully no more. I had a best friend. The bully was my best friend. So I had my own bodyguard. And um, so when people throw accusations, I was terrified of him. I was absolutely terrified of Demetrius, but he became my best friend. So sometimes you have to stand up regardless of what you hear over here from someone or hear over here from someone. Just be that friend. Just stand up. And even if they are in the wrong, just keep going back and doing the right thing. Don't fight back like I did with Demetrius. That's probably not the best, you know, example that I just gave. (laughs) Sorry, Pastor. But um, when the enemy does throw out accusations, just stop for a minute and ask yourself. I have to ask myself this. 
If I were in that person's shoes, how would I feel? If I was that person and I was going through things and they bit back at me, maybe it was innocent. What if that was the worst day of their life? What if they just got bad news? Or what if they're going through something so terrible and this isn't even who they are? So don't allow the enemy to manipulate situations and circumstances and cause you to have doubt or fear or to cower back and sit down and not do what God's caused you to do. So those... These are three effective ways to deny the attacks of the enemy that I'm fixing to share. And this is what I really wanted to have time for. So we know the three ways that he comes at us. We've all experienced every single one of those. But to deny the attacks of the enemy and to keep your mind focused on things above, what we let into our mind is sure to eventually penetrate our heart. So it goes here. Your mind is a playground for the enemy. So if he can get in here and you start entertaining those thoughts, then it moves to your heart. And when those things move to your heart, you feel. We are humans. We feel. I can't speak for the men, but for the women, when we feel things, we act on those feelings. Um, So it's very dangerous, and we need to stop it when it gets here. We don't need to allow it to get to our heart, to penetrate our hearts, okay? So let's remember to place a hedge around our thought life and to lay the enemy's lies to rest. The battle is real with much at stake. Every day we are either winning or we're losing. I said that every single day. Every single day you're either going to be winning or you're going to be losing. And I recognize that I'm involved in a war that's beyond what our eyes can see. It's a spiritual war raging since Eve gave in to temptation in the garden and it continues every single day. So the moment that I repented, got baptized in Jesus' name and was filled with the Holy Ghost, I entered into a personal battle with the real enemy. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, it teaches this, we all know, but I'm going to read it. Okay, so finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So, there is a real battle with a real enemy. I have something at stake in this battle. I am expected to personally engage in this fight. I am to suit up and to stand firm against the devil's schemes. And God commands me to be strong and equipped through his mighty power. And my fight is not with the flesh and blood that I see, but it's the spiritual forces at play. And you can't fight spirit with flesh. You have to fight spirit with spirit. So although I'm not living in the country anymore or in the country with hand-on-hand combat, meaning USIA country, okay? So we don't have to go, when I walk out the door of this church, have to be scared that someone's armed with a gun and going to question my faith. So I don't have that. Thank God we live in a land of freedom and we can walk into a church and we can worship the God uh, that we choose to worship. And I'm so thankful that I'm in his house this morning. But... I am engaged in a personal struggle, a struggle that occurs every single day, and it's in my mind. 
God is teaching me some revealing truths about myself this year. And it deals with inwardness, ongoing battle of thoughts and emotions. And though the words that echo in my mind may be from flesh and blood, I know that the real enemy is not them, but the accuser of the brethren. The word Satan means accuser. And he is described as one who accuses believers before God day and night, Revelation 12 and 10. So my enemy not only accuses me before God, he accuses me through the words of others and my own self-talk. You ever heard that? You're your worst enemy? So this came up in my memories. And this is lighthearted and kind of funny, but this is a serious Thing. So four years ago, Dawson was 10 years old, okay? My tall, big boy that comes in here now. This is a conversation that took place in our house. Hey, this was four years ago. Um, me, I was having a moment of self-bashing. Dawson, listening to my fit down the hall, he says, Mom, God made you the way you are. God made me the way I am. He likes to preach to me sometimes. So me, I yelled back down the hall, son, you don't understand. (laughs) Dawson replies, mom, God made you that way. You get what you get, don't throw a fit. (laughs) I didn't have anything else to say. (laughs) So I am learning that I have strongholds. Areas where I have strong beliefs in the wrong things. I allow what I falsely believe about myself or from others to control my thoughts and my feelings. This is my personal struggle. We all have our personal struggles. So I'm choosing, or I have, because I'm working on me, the lies more so than the truth of how my father sees me. I know what I know how God sees me. I know what God says about me. I know who I am in him. And so when I said earlier what what God says the first time, that's all we need. What Jesus says about you the first time, hold on to that. What Jesus told you the first time, hold on to that. You don't have to question him. Okay? So it comes down to I'm either accepting the truth of Jesus or the lies of Satan. Who are you listening to? The battle is not with others who are saying or doing things that come that cause me pain. They are not the enemy, but rather unwitting victims of themselves. At all times, we each are either cooperating with our Heavenly Father for His kingdom of light or with the enemy for His kingdom of darkness. You need to think about that. Every single time you start to say something or every emotion that you're feeling... Who are you talking to? Who are you entertaining? Who are you connected with in that moment? If it's the enemy and his lies, you need to disconnect. You need to rebuke, turn your back, and go the opposite way. Well, Sister Laura, how do you do that? I'll just start singing a worship song. Or I'll just start praying out loud. Like I'll get mad at him. I'll rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I'll start claiming the promises of God. And I, I told the young people this a, a while back. When I was talking to a couple of girls, uh, her name is Mama Doe. If you want to look her up on YouTube, she has a message about mirror talk. It's wonderful. Men and women, 
this is a wonderful message, and I encourage you to look it up. It's Mama Doe. Um, it was the minister who preached the wounded spirit. Shatwell. Brother Shatwell. He came here and preached that. It's his wife, but they call her Mama Doe. I encourage every single one of you to get on there. It's called Mirror Talk. Um, but she tells you to write down who you are and God on, on the mirror every morning. And when you go into your, your bathroom or your bedroom to get ready, it's the promises of God. So what you struggle with, you write it on the mirror. I am a child of God. I am an overcomer. You just write them on the mirror. So what you struggle with, and when you look, I'm telling you, the first time you do it, you're going to feel completely stupid, okay? But it's uncomfortable. I should have said that word instead. So it's going to be extremely uncomfortable. But once you stand there and you look yourself in the mirror and you say those things out loud, after a couple of times, it's encouraging. It builds you up and you see those things. So when the enemy comes in, you'll be like, no, I rebuke you. I am. And you have them memorized and you can fight back with those things. So I do encourage you to do that. So we have a choice, even a responsibility in how I process what I hear from others and from my own self-talk. I know a prayer in the morning times that I also pray before I leave. I say, I thank the Lord, and then I say, I rebuke every negative word, every curse spoken against me by other people, and out of my own mouth, Lord. I claim victory over my family. I claim victory over my health. I claim victory over my ministry. I claim victory over my finances. And I just start claiming victory, and I claim it in Jesus' name before I end the prayer. Because sometimes we, we, are our, we destroy ourselves by the words that we speak. So, therefore... The true battlefield is in my mind with the enemy of my soul. So if that's the case, now what? Now what do we do? Recently, several lessons from Scripture have helped me take a stand by engaging the battle where it belongs. Not in a war of words with others, but in the reasoning of my own mind. So I've been practicing, let it go. And I'm not talking about the Frozen song. I'm not singing that, okay? Now, I'm sorry that it's in y'all's heads this morning. (laughs) But number one, I am not at the mercy of falsehood. I am not bound by it nor chained to it. No one else has the right to declare their viewpoint as supreme. What God says of me, what he does or doesn't convict me of, what reigns supreme through Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of my faith, through God's holy word, through his indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that I have the Holy Ghost. I have what I need for the ability to demolish strongholds in my life. That's a declaration for myself. So if you have the Holy Ghost, and if you don't, you can get it before you leave this morning. Then you have that power inside of you. So the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Number two, I have the ability to stand against the schemes of the enemy. Every single one of us has that ability because I have a choice in what I do with a lie from Satan. You have a choice. Am I going to hold on to this lie or am I going to let this go? I am able to reject it or receive it. 
If my mind is governed by my flesh, which feels pain and longs to be vindicated, then I am becoming bound by the accusation and the condemnation that I hear. You have to stop. Ask yourself, where are these thoughts coming from? Where are these feelings coming from? And then that's when you can move on. Because sometimes I'll have a thought and I'm like, oh, I know this ain't from the enemy. This is conviction. I better, I'm going to tell myself again, Pastor. I didn't know Pastor was behind me this morning, y'all. I dropped Dawson off at Valor Project and then I go home and get ready. Because I get him ready first, come up here early, drop him off. And I know there's people in here that work close to police officers. And... um so I left, and I went down to the red light on the square. And I, it feels like I sat there for 30 minutes. The light was not changing. I'm like, this thing has to be broke. So I, I started to go. I let off the, I said, I'm just going to run it. I don't see no cops. I'm just going to go. And I had no idea Brother Sharon was right behind me. <laughs> Ooh, I would have been in trouble. So um, thank goodness I pushed on the brake. I think I did that a couple of times. Yeah, see, he counted. He knew. He was waiting for me. And I wanted to go. I just wanted to go. And um, it stopped me. So I'm thankful that sometimes we get those thoughts in a conviction. And I know I speed more often than I should speed. Um, But I had to obey the law of the land this morning with the red light, okay? So I didn't run the red light or turn left on red. But I stayed there. So sometimes we have to stop and think, where, where are these thoughts coming from? Where are these emotions coming from? But you're going to know the difference. I don't care how long you've been in church. You're going to know the difference between conviction from the Lord and condemnation from the enemy. You're going to know it. But if I am governed by the Spirit and living more by what I listen to from God, then I will be able to enjoy life and peace. We all want peace. Everybody on this earth wants peace. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Romans 8, 5 through 6. My last point, number three. I can leave it with God. I love that. And what comes to my mind immediately is cast your cares upon him for he careth for you. But you can leave it with God. Even when I am misunderstood or manipulated, I can take it to God and leave it there. Just leave it there. In the end, he is the final judge and the only one worthy of my concern over the matter. Unless he convicts, then I can freely move on with peace of mind. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you in an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. 1 Peter 2, 19, 21, and 23. I see the value in what God has been allowing. He is teaching me the freedom found only through taking my stand against the enemy, warfare going on inwardly. And it is a battle every single day. Uh, For a month and a half, I'm just going to be completely vulnerable. I battled every single day. 
And when you're in a battle and you don't know, it's not like when you're sick with the flu, you could take some medicine and get better. But it was a spiritual battle, and I knew that that's what it was. It drug me down. I have not even been myself for a month and a half whatsoever. I just wanted to go to work, go home, go to bed. Get up, go to work, go home, go to bed. Even coming to church for me was a huge task. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there before, but it was draining me emotionally and physically and spiritually. And I kept praying, I kept praying, kept worshiping, come to church, even pray through to the Holy Ghost, thinking, boom. And it did. Now, I'm not discounting that. I know that gave me the strength to keep going and keep going and keep going. But it comes to a point where you have to reach, okay, God, I'm no longer going to try to control a situation. It's out of my control. And once you realize that and you release it and say, God, I don't even, I'm not asking for nothing. I just want your will. That's all I want. And once I prayed that prayer, I said, I don't care what happens. Whatever happens, happens. And I want your will, not my will. Just shut the doors or open the doors. It is what it is, Lord. Take over. You know, I felt that weight just up and gone. It was lifted. And so... I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we, we have that power inside of us with the Holy Ghost. We can go to him and we can give it to him and let it go. So if I allow the words of falsehood to continually swirl around in my mind, I am cooperating with the enemy's schemes. I don't want to do business with him. You know, there's people you love doing business with. Then there's some people you just don't want to do business with. I don't want to do business with the enemy. I would rather choose freedom instead, wouldn't you? Don't we all want freedom? And I'm finishing up. I'm almost done. First John, back to First John 4, 5, and 6. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth And the spirit of error or the spirit of deception. So you feel weak, you speak strength. You you feel fear, that's hard to say, you speak faith. Because voices become viewpoints. What you hear gets into your heart. What you see gets into your spirit. You have the spirit of God, so why speak like the enemy? You are from God, so speak like it. Use your inside voice. And I'm not talking about the whispering voice. But the God inside of you should speak louder than the enemy that is around you. You have that power and you need to tap into that power on a daily basis and use what God's given you. Every single one of us in here this morning, we have everything that we need to face the life that God's given us. He would not put you where you are today. You would not be facing what you're facing today if God didn't already give you the spiritual tools and the mindset that you have to overcome the situations that you're in. You are more than enough. And you are an overcomer because you serve the almighty God. And he is the God of gods. And he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. We know who he is. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. We know the truth of God and we need to stand on it. So I want to encourage you today, and I'm finished, Pastor, to know the the attacks of the enemy. To stop and ask yourself, 
Where is this coming from? What's his thought? Where's these feelings coming from? And because if you, you, he can manipulate you to really think that things are true that are not true and ruin your walk with God, ruin relationships in your life, ruin things, rebuke the spirit of deception, hold on to God, and don't allow those thoughts to become viewpoints, okay? Let's stand. I want to pray over every single one of us this morning. Lord, I want to thank you so much, God, for your word, God. God, your word is living, God. God, I want to thank you, God, for your spirit that you filled every single one of us with. God, you are living inside of us, God. I want to pray today, God, over my church family, God. I rebuke every negative word, God, every negative voice in their life this morning, God. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. God, I pray that your word today, God, will pierce their hearts and their souls, that it would equip them, God, with the knowledge that we need to fight the enemy today. Today, God, I want to thank you, God, for fighting for us, God, because greater are you, God, that's inside of us than he that is in the world, God. I thank you for victory today over my church family. In Jesus' name, amen.